Welcome everyone to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. My guest this week is a legend in the Las Vegas bookmaking scene. For over 30 years, he's been at the Barbary Coast, Gold Coast, South Point, and he's definitely made his mark on the business. Please welcome Bert Osborne. Bert, how are you, pal? Good, thank you. How's it going, my friend? Pretty good, brother. So, Bert, let's start from the beginning. How was life growing up? Life was good. I was back here, you know, did the regular things. Um, got got hooked back here, you know, went, didn't go to school. The steel mills at this time back here, back at that time, were like booming. And they were like lifetime jobs, Spanky. But you always, I always loved the sports side of little things and watch, you know, high school sports and things like that and got into a little gambling back here, as all of us have. And um, that went down. That was, you know, it caved in. So I got hung around here for a few years. And then uh, I had an offer from Muggsy Munez to come to Las Vegas. So I ended up in Vegas in like 85. I left about this time in 85 to head to Vegas and uh, it, it it was a good thirty some years out there. So b- before you went out to Vegas, did you is when you had when you went to Vegas when Muggsy called you for the job offer? Have you ever been to Vegas prior, or you just packed your bags and just went? I was there one other time, believe it or not. Yeah, that's all it was. But I kind of like I said, I was involved in a lot of sports and things like that. So I, I got through there once or twice. Yeah, if I look back on it. A lot of guys I've interviewed that have made that have been prominent in the Las Vegas bookmaking scene came out of that Pittsburgh suburb area. Um, yes. What's up with that? Is there something in the water? I don't know. I mean, I think it all originated when um, Jack Franzi mm-hmm. went west, and then his son and his two, you know, his nephews came with him. And then um, Jimmy came from up, up north of Pittsburgh. The south guys from the south of Pittsburgh were uh, myself, Muggsy, Munez and uh, Ricky Heron. That we were the South guys, South of Pittsburgh. Gotcha. Okay, so you get the phone call. How old are you when you when you when you get to the Barbary? I club? left here at thirty years old, believe it or not. I'm an old timer, but it's still I'm still young at heart. Gotcha. So you you, you get to you, you get to, to Vegas in '85. Um, mm-hmm. What do you know about the business? Did you did you place bets growing up? Obviously playing. You know, playing parlay cards with a, a local bookmaker. I got involved back here. I was a better. Then I saw some guys, and they talked me into it. And I, I slowly built up a decent clientele, and I started doing things on my own, plus through the guys that I needed to. And it, it kept me alive, actually, for a few years after the mills had shut down. So I had an opportunity. A buddy of mine, like I said, Bunsy said, why don't you come out and try Las Vegas? I said, you know what? I'll try it. I, get, I put in my mind a six-month time frame. And uh, I packed up, and I left on Good Friday, actually, in uh, 85. It was actually around this time, because I remember, the you know what, the national championship game that that week was um, Georgetown-Villanova, when Villanova took Georgetown out. Wow, okay. So I drove, I got there on a Sunday. I remember driving all the way, and uh, waited a month, because they weren't quite, Muggsy wasn't ready, but then I'll tell you a great story. Muggsy hires me on a Friday. I go in. I said, I'm looking ready to go back. I'm ready to go to work. He goes, okay, I need writers for um, Derby. I said, Muggsy, I don't have a, 
<laughs> a license. He says, don't worry, we'll get down Monday and get the license. Just write tickets this weekend. Could you see that happening now? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Different times, definitely. So yeah. So the, so you 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 helped you you came in right off the bat, hit yeah. the ground running. Now you had experience. They obviously Muggsy knew that you had experience coming in, um, given that your reputation that you were you had a nice little business growing in, in that in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. We, like I said, we had mutual friends because Muggsy, like I said, I had friends back here. When Muggsy would come home and visit, I'd see those guys and I got to know all his buddies and that. And they were always back and forth going out there. So yeah, Muggsy and I built up a good relationship. So it was, it was a good thing. So what I did is I stayed with Muggsy through that summer and then I moved over to the sports at the Barbary Coast in the fall. And you remember Barbary, we only had like four windows. It was crazy. And that was back when, how about this one? When the parlay cards, were graded the night, and they had the three slips, Spanky. You had the one that went to the customer. You had the one that we kept in the drawer and had one go to accounting. It would be like a three-tier. If you could have seen those teasers written in that time, they had to be the classic teasers of all time. My man, Jerry Lute, who was the manager there, he loved, he'd have teasers. It would be makeup numbers. You know, you'd have a six-point teaser, seven-point teaser. You might get ten on one game. You might get plus plus seven on another game. I mean, the idea, it was never a strict six points. And then you're writing the teasers down and trying to, trying to get everybody in. You're writing plus four. You know, you might even go the wrong way sometimes. There were wow. some wild teasers out there. Wow, unbelievable. And, yeah. And the, the before any automation... Um, oh. it, it literally was the Wild West, huh? It was. I'll tell you a, a great story. We we did teasers probably in the 85 era. That was probably the Bears around that time, and they were just clobbering everybody. I remember what we did at the Barbary Coast. They had the regular line spank, and then we put up a teaser line. So the teasers were only being able to be written off the, the numbers that were set for the teaser line. It was crazy. Wow. You wouldn't ever hear that now, but yeah, that, I remember that. That that was uh, something. I remember, because you remember you had the little stick and you had to set them up. Man. So. I know. Th th this is just, uh, so, so, because right now there's some places offshore, believe it or not, the shore place like Pinnacle and stuff, they actually have a separate teaser line to ensure that people don't tease through those key, you know, through both three okay, and seven. Okay, well, that's what we, we did, Jack. So, so Jack this, this, did was, that. this was revolutionary back in 85, you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's insane. Jack Brandy did, I swear to God. It was like, I, I'll be truthful, as you just said, as her doing it, not, that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely, wow. Okay, so now you're writing tickets, um, and how long do you stay at the Barbary Coast? Uh, a year and a half because the Gold Coast was being built. Gotcha. Now, are you friendly with Michael Gone at this point, or or no? Oh, um, oh, we'd come down and write tickets at the time, and I knew the girl, Mary McDonald. She married a guy. She was the sports book there, and she got the job. Michael gave her the sports book manager at the Gold Coast, and uh, I went over as her as a supervisor. You know, I, I didn't care. It was a good step up, and uh, actually, her and I. We had another supervisor that was coming with us, and um, the girl got sick. She had MS, and each time she would get 
she'd have a spell, and, you know, it would get worse. So Mary and I, when we first opened up the Gold Coast, we were, work, like, working 12-hour shifts, 12 on, 12 off. It was, it was wild. I think for, like, the first two months at the Gold Coast, it, it was uh, – I'd committed four, you know, and stayed a four. It was, like, that, that type of thing. Now, is this a 24-hour sports book? No, I didn't present that till later when we just had the coast. I that was weekends. Yeah, I guess you know what that, that was football season, so I guess I was working twelve shifts. But we would be covering all the shifts. That comes a little later on. Now you mentioned Mary McDonald, a female in the business. Um, you know, obviously, you know the, the origins of this business is male oriented. When did right. fe- when did females start breaking through and and, well, Mary- and making a name for themselves? Well, Mary McDonald made herself. It was Mary, um, yeah, but so Mary McDonald. She was uh, Michael's first. Um, she was one of the first. I think there was a lady down at the horseshoe. She might have worked in race. I can't remember her name offhand, but. Uh, she was one of the first few, so you figured that was in 85, 80. She got the job probably in 86. And then uh, after Mary Sapp was at the Sands with, um, when Nick was there at the Sands originally, she was there, and then she took over the Arizona Charlie jobs. Wow. So, you know, it's definitely a male world, but a lot of females, because I, you know, I've encountered several female bookmakers over the years and, and, and my go- comings and goings and you know they're they're just as sharp if not sharper than a lot of the guys and um but and yeah it, we all remember Lori. i mean she went there i mean got rest her uh, soul, God but rest she, her soul. She was, yes but she was a, she was good for the business too she was a sharp sharp girl very sharp very sharp yeah, Lori always is on the top of my list when it comes to that. So, mm-hmm. so that's great. So now you're, you're at the Gold Coast. You're a supervisor, um, you know, and and you were there for for a long time at the Gold Coast. Yeah. Well, you know what happened? I was there probably a year and a half, and they were opening up a slot club. So Michael took called Mary, gave her the slot club. He calls me upstairs and says, "You're the new sportsbook manager," and that's where it started. I was probably. Uh, 89 or 90 i'm trying to think yeah about that time and then after that it just kept going we added the barbary coast and you started satellite places and then you know orleans came online next then uh down below um the sun coast up above and then he brought on the it was at the time was the south south coast so you have all the this is you know this is one of the major major sports books in town um, oh thank you yeah go ahead tell me about it no it, it was unbelievable that was the first time spanky you talked to guys the volume was so huge and i'm not saying taking 100 but the idea is the volume just kept rolling through these sports books that you know finally we just i just said we were talking i said just keep writing the business because it didn't matter i mean you had so much volume with parlays and teasers and my, i mean it it it's everything took care of itself. I mean, you would get beat up when everything just felt perfect. But overall, I mean, you'd get out a lot of times because just that sheer volume of tickets coming through that window. One ten is a powerful thing, Bert, huh? Oh my! <laughs> so, you and I are trying to beat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, you, so you're so. At the Gold Coast, now the Gold Coast, the properties, the way they're situated, 
with all these properties, they're not you know directly on the strip. So are you getting no. more are you getting more local traffic, um, or do still tourists pop in? How, how was it? How was the clientele? Well, you know what then? I did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. With all that you know that local money, the Barbary Coast just had a hangout. Them guys would just surface around all day because they knew there would be numbers thrown out. If I wanted to just get a position, I said, I want to be that high on a particular game. I may throw a bonus round out to these guys, and I, I, I was always guaranteed. I made Spot look like a superstar. <laughs> he, he still talks about it today. But it was like I always knew I could get, get, away, get something back there because the phones weren't that strong at the time. Matter of fact, I don't know if some of the time the phones were even there. That's the old phone system where, you know, you called in from home. Off a computer, actually. How'd you do yeah. So, so it, it was easy to get buyback because of the Barbary. That's where the cause oh, Barbary yeah. is, is a centralized location. So exactly. Anybody, that any, time frame, yeah, it was every. Yeah, you had a lot of people there knowing. Let's talk about cruise and and wise guy cruise and everything and how you, what kind of relationship you had with them. Some people would get you know would get treated for like, you know, like every gentleman would treat gentlemen, and then others was an adversarial relationship. Um, how did you go about it? What you said, you know what? If you treated me right, I treated you right. If you tried to stick me, or sh- you were getting, you, you believe me, I, I'm fighting these guys right back. I know probably I've overstepped through all those years a few times, but stepping back these four years being home spank up, I've come. I've been humble. <laughs> I'm coming to be a humble person to realize eh, I could have been a little softer. But overall, if guys like you come in, and we probably had ins and outs, you and I through the years. But if I gave you something, it was there, and I didn't realize something. Ever somebody was telling me I was one of the first guys that put limit sheets out. I didn't even realize. But before, you know what? Because Circa got a nice publicity about that. But I, I had uh, limit sheets out for years. Yeah, you would think that this should be one of the most basic steps that any sports book would make. You know, given every table game, every slot machine, it clearly states what's the min and max wager. Um, you would think that a limit sheet would just be standard in sports books, and unfortunately, it's um, it's not. Uh, it's it's rare. Circa, I think, it might be the only joint today that does it. Um, yeah, I don't know if our guys still put a sheet out or not, Spank. I mean, that, that's a lot of my same crew down there. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, th- they've actually brought it to my attention. I, I don't even remember that we did it. But now I do, you know, after you look and go back, like you were saying, familiarize yourself, I remember us having to put out sheets like that. Now, let's talk about Michael Gorn as, uh, as an owner and uh, does he let you do your thing? Is he looking, you know, does does he ever chime in on, hey, I think this should change or that could change? Or does he just let you do your thing and trust your judgment? How is he as you. a boss? You know what? He's the boss, but I tell you, I they gave me the opportunity to make a name for Gold Coast and the Coast Casinos. I, I put my head on a chopping block many times, Spank. I would do stuff. Figure, you know what? I'm going to get yelled at anyways. But boy, when they found out I was working. But you know what? I'd get my hand slapped, and I used to call it being called to the office, to the principal's office, yep. when I'd have to go over there. And you'd just go over and take your, uh, you know, take your little <laughs> thrashing and uh, move forward. But uh, I tell you, um, 
they were happy. It was a, it was a good it was a good time in sports betting at that era that I, I was lucky to get started off in the coast because there was a lot of changes in managers and things like that around that time, and I, I was given an extra out for a lot of people that didn't realize it that, that the coast or you know coast was giving that kind of limits. But uh, yeah, I did stick my head out in the on the chopping block a lot. But you know what? It worked. It was good. But that's okay to and, stick uh, your head out because. You know, they recognize that you know the, 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 your best. The shop is in your best. In, you know, you're putting the shop first, and yeah. you want the shop to succeed. And it's okay sometimes to put your neck out there because sometimes you got it and you take your lumps or whatever. But you, and I know you guys. A lot of guys like you, I talk to them. I mean, you like Jeffrey. I mean, Jeff's. You know, I talk to these guys. I mean, most of my friends are like you guys. I mean, it, it's. It's not. It's great to have and learn from that. I'll, I'll tell you a great story about the Don Best. Back in the day, now you know Las Vegas the Seminary Service. They wanted everybody on their, you know, on get in on their payroll and everything to use their lines. You know what, Michael Gone and I, I never even used their lines. I, I followed the offshore lines. Man, the lo, the sharps used to beat me to heck sometimes. But Michael was making a ton of money by, by me doing that. So. Am I wrong for doing that that way, or should I have done it the other way? I think I did it the right way, shade my numbers to the offshore numbers. Yeah, absolutely. It worked. Hey, it worked. Believe me, Spanky. It it, it, it was amazing. When did when did you know when did you know that Stardust line start kind of losing its traction and then Don Best. Don Best. So we're talking what mid nineties. Yeah, I'll tell you, you want a couple good stories about Don Best? Sure, go ahead. Don Best, the actual guy, Don Best, used to hang out at the Gold Coast. He would get off work, and he'd come over, hang out, drink at the bar, bet parlays and stuff like that. Little short guy, he was a good guy. But going back to that, I used to go down when, oh, when um, Al had the place on, on um, Spring Mountain. Right there before the two uh, two fifteen, I can't. There was a guy named Sarge. I was trying to think of his name. There was a guy who worked for him. I can't think of who it was, but yeah, he had a little office down there. So we put the Don Best machine in. Jack out of contact, and I'll tell you a better story. Al Corba came to my house with his tech and put mine in personally. <laughs> it was great. I liked Al. He was a great guy. Yeah, I had a good rapport with them guys. I really did. I'd go down that office sometime. Yeah, it, it was good. You know, I know we, we touched on this earlier, but you know, let's talk about the, the, the relationship with wise guys. Um, how, how did you treat them exactly? Like, what did you, you know? Uh, you, you, I probably could have been better, <laughs> but like, what it got, you, it, I think it got better as I, I got more comfortable with the volume we were taking in. Spank, you know, it's everything. You don't want to go in a shop only taking sharp guys because i know what's going to happen and luckily we had that volume so i uh, you know i could add stuff and then i could see and you know maybe take another a larger bet and, and mix it in with my business gotcha but uh, no no it and makes I, sense i got a great story when those asian kids were betting me in the late late 99 2000 era they were coming from taiwan they were betting and they they were playing the one and a half back then, Spank. They were doing something, but they would take plus one and on the Asian market and then maybe take the one and a half or take a side. 
And they'd want 30, 40, 50. I mean, what I would tell them, because I had like three of them, uh, I said, hey, guys, you do this for me. And this is a good story, which I think books should do if you do ever have that chance. And I imagine offshore guys do. I said, listen, you want these three games, these three big games you need for the day? I'll take them. But I want you to give me five other games for like 10 a pop to compensate for me putting my, you know, working on not taking completely all that jeopardy on. So I had them kids were pretty good. They would they would take like other games, five, six, seven games sometimes for, uh, you know, maybe half the pop or a third of the pop. So I, 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 I couldn't complain about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't work with that's what I'm saying. I mean, if a guy comes in, say you come in, I mean, I listen, your stuff's going to be all sharp. And I mean, I know that. But if you're coming in, you say, hey, Bert, I, I need an extra five or something like that. I got room for it. Bring it, you know, go ahead. Just write the ticket. I mean, that's what, when you were saying before about it, it's a, it's an honor system. Yeah. You guys are honorable and I'm honorable to you when it, we match up like that. And that, that's the way it should be. And I hope to do when I get back, I, I, I definitely, um, I'm going to, you know, even probably better, but you know, I'll, I'll, I, we'll talk about that in the next segment. Yeah. You know, you make a great point, Bert. Um, there's a lot of up-and-comers in the business that think they could just get away with just betting props or that they could just, you know, you know, pick off a game here and there, not give NFL work, et cetera, et cetera. And it's one of those things in which, you know, you got to, you know, it's, it's penny-wise, dollar-foolish. And, I, you know, I, guys talk to me, you know, they, they reach out to me, and I try to explain them, you know, it's one of those things in which, you know, you, you have to recognize that as a as a sports better, we need you. You know, we need the bookmakers more than the bookmakers need us, and that's a fact. Right. And and, and once you recognize that, and you're able to establish a relationship with a bookmaker, and 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 you humble. You know, you got it's a, it's a, it's you got to humble yourself. Um. And again, it didn't take it. That thing, it didn't. That thought process didn't hit me right off the bat. Um, but once you realize that, that's when things start thriving, and, and that's when relationships start start working out. And then you realize, hey, listen, we can both coexist and make money together. So I think that's 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 a, a valid point that you made. That um, it's a one hand uh, washes the other type thing. That's what I'm telling you. Thank you. What you just said, and I, I get that because I see these guys on Twitter too, and they go, "Oh, I only." But my when I look at that. I go, well, you know what? You know why you're only getting that? Because you're only betting something that's completely out of whack on a prop bet. I, you got to give give this. You got to give the property some other place, or you are going to be singled out. I don't want somebody just coming in there picking off me all day with all these props that get out of, you know, out of whack. Nobody I mean, does. I, Nobody it, wants. No, that. and I, it just it becomes you know you get. I, I get pissed off about that. I'll, I'll be truthful. When I listen to, that would that would piss me off more than anything. The number is a number. I don't get. But when they start, you know, taking advantage of the props and that, that's when that that's what get that would get me fired up. Yeah, I get it, and and, and I don't blame you. Listen, that it's just that's just the nature of the business, guys. You know, they're going to only go um, for the for the low hanging fruit. And um, yeah. soon enough, you know, you're gonna get caught. And and it's one again, these these guys, and then they'll complain and they'll bitch and say, look, this this is not a bookmaker, this is a dressmaker. But no, 
they're 100% a bookmaker. It's just that you just have to understand that this is a give and take relationship. You know, you know, you're able to be, and it's such an important thing. If you're able to beat the game, and you find a place that'll book your bets, that's very important for you. You have to be. You can't just take, take, take. You have no. to be able to give back and make it so that they want to do business with you. Sure, you'll be able to catch them on this and that, but you got to give NFL work. You got to give yeah. regular play. And, and, and this is just one of those things in which so many sports bettors that are coming up, that are trying to go pro or that are trying to make a name for themselves um, and try to be successful, they just don't get it. They think that you can just attack, attack, and, and not give back. And I just think it's just so short-sighted. It is. And then, you know, I might as well, I'm on my horse. I might as well give you nothing. You know what? I, I love how these guys give out the first quarters, the second spank. They're getting numbers. Now, you know how volatile these quarters and things are like that. You may have a guy giving out, and he may have laid 15. By the time he's giving the out and these guys want to fall him, it could be 35 and 40 because, you know, you're dealing with a 20 cent fine on these props, sometimes 30 cents. You're taking these guys out quicker than they can even think about it. Yeah, absolutely. A losing streak for these guys could, you know, be three units, where these guys are still alive with uh, six or seven units if they get beat up. Yeah, the, the, you know, again, great point, Bert. A lot of people don't understand that laying, you know, the, the juice is everything, and, and, and somebody laying 15 versus someone laying 45 is night and day. Yeah, and right. you know what the bad part? The Joe Squares that are watching these shows are going to do it. Yeah. They, they don't Especially even care. Especially the offshore numbers of the, I'm not I'm saying the offshore is the state numbers like I'm in in Pennsylvania. I mean, uh, that's highway robbery on these props. Oh, absolutely. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, we'll get to that one. That'll be another fun session. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 Bert, a lot of bookmakers back then uh, would have relationships with each other. Did you keep to yourself or did you kind of compare notes with other bookmakers in town? I'll tell you what it was. I had about three guys. Okay. I had Mike Roberts when he was at stations. Art knew that Mike and I were tight. So that was like their go-to guy. And I, Jeff Sherman, who works for Jay, Jay knew that Jeff and I were close. So those were my three two guys that I had a lot of import. You know what? That kind of gave me, and I I only needed the stations for the local type of thing. And then the Hilton guys were moving on and stuff like that. That's who I talked to. I never got caught up in the other guys too much because, uh, but these guys were good guys. I mean, I, I felt comfortable around those guys. Beautiful. No, it's good to have some type of uh uh, 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 somebody to bounce yeah, ideas somebody's off. got a moan on each other's shoulder absolutely, when we absolutely, no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Some, oh, there were some Sunday nights we'd be out. We'd all meet. Then there was that's when Mark Nelson was running the palms too. We'd all go out and cry our blues. If it was a big day, we'd all be out tapping tapping each other on the shoulder. Now we can't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> After this going on, but yeah. yeah, that means so it was a good it was a good unit. I used to talk to Jerry Zimmitz, who used to do the cards. Tim and I did the parlay cards, and we I mean we dominated the parlay cards back at that time. There was us in the stations. I mean that pretty much was the whole city when it came to parlay cards. So I mean we touch base and do things like that. Just uh, you know there may be five or six games a, a week that you know you might want to just go over with it a different opinion or 
feel what your opinion is and then you know have somebody say you know what i i i did a little this way or that way gotcha so let's get to the south point now bert you 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 know what happens now when you're asked to go to the south point uh uh, how, how was that transition um, from the Gold Coast to the South Point? How, how does the news break? It was break great. Down? We built the office down there, and what we did, now that's when we were still all coast, because we were about a year and a half down there when we were just coast casinos. And then Michael did the merger. But what we did is, thank you, it was fun. I went down, I took the whole crew down the week before the casino opened, and we ran the sports, all the sports properties from there that first that first Sunday before we opened, just to get the kids of a feel of the vault, you know, because we worked in a, you ought to see in the office. Well, you see that office in the back room we had the Gold Coast. I mean, it was, it, they had more space in a valet parking booth, little booth that passes out the tickets. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable what we worked with. But we went down and made it nicer and that, so that's what we did. And it ran pretty smooth until the merger. And once the merger happened, um, we got cut loose. It was in an October. I'm not sure. It could be eight or nine. And on top of that, the the phones had been taken out by then. There was no phones in the state of Nevada. And we were down there. And, you know, back at that time, and that was even before the end was down there, there was nothing down there. Hanky, we went from the phenomenal business to I, I, I'm looking around going, we only had the South Point and uh, the properties up Mesquite. I remember taking a $10,000 bet off Sheppy in NBA playoffs. You can't believe how long it took me to get that money back. I mean, I was moving money. I was trying every way I could, Spank, to get it back to just having a bet. But that, that I mean, I went from the highest coast volume to boom. I went and then slowly built up that South Point again. That South Point, when I left, it was, and it still is, I mean, that was a monster. That that was an impressive property. Uh, so how, how, because how did it become, you know, so this is great. You know, when, when you first get there, it's crickets. How does it go from having little to no volume to what it has become today? What, what happened? Like how, well, okay, well, I'd say we were good, but I had the in, influx people out there, you know, I got, I, I would have people hang around there. I became like what the Barbary was in a sense, because there were they would know they could come there. But as the home, more homes were being built on, I mean, you know, you you remember that, that we were out in the middle of nowhere when I first built, and there weren't that many homes around there. But each time, you know, we could see new more um, houses coming up, and slowly, you know, it just kept building. And when I got the phones, that helped the South Point too. That was huge when they brought the phones back. That was good. But then it just kept building up. I mean, and Michael, when we talked about that, when I talked about that a little more, he had a sense where general manager that he brought back, he was at the Hilton, the Flamingo, when Michael was at Barbary, and they got to be good friends with that. So he brought him down there. And I remember sitting and talking to him, spanking. He says, if a casino has 2,000 rooms, it can function on itself. But on top of that, the South Point had that. They had that Grand View next door that's got like another four. Th- I mean, they're sitting on like a seventy-five hundred room hotel down there, if you think about it. And there's no restaurants in the Grand View. 
So, okay, where are you going to go? I mean, it was just like, it, it was like a heaven for these people. So you figure we had all those people coming in on uh, filling the rooms and then that whole local area down there that just kept building. I mean, it just exploded. I mean, we went from when the race and sports book was together to Michael flipped the sport race around the other side and we took 10 windows down there. And we would have all 10 windows open for Sunday and Saturday football. Incredible. You know, when did, you know, my experience with the South Point initially uh, was via satellite versus when you guys were coming out of the El Cortez downtown. Yeah. Uh, I had a runner downtown that was just doing a lot of stuff. When um when did that happen exactly? Do you remember by any chance? Well, or? after the coast split up, Michael with his dad and that, they hooked into that. But, wow. I, I, I was going to say, I got beat the heck up when that went because what you said is true. That was that was a, a paradise for you guys because you figured you had Boyd down there, you had us coast down there. There was like six places down there. Why would you be on the strip? You had everything in downtown. Yeah, we, we downtown was uh, the uh, the epicenter for us. We were, uh, you know, I had it pretty locked down for a few years. <laughs> uh, we, we yeah, and were, I've had you play a lot with us, but yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, and I knew that. I mean, yeah, I had to deal with that, and I, I understood it. But the allocation, we had a bad allocation set up at the time, and um, it was based off um, volume handle. So it distorted the figures at some of these, you know, sweet places. Gotcha. You know, the juicy eight, nine, ten percent places. So what it did is it took away from some of that. And the same thing happened to me at the Palms, too. You might have probably played at the Palms also. Yeah, they, we did the same thing. They had a lot of big volume going through there. But Fred and I, Crispy, uh, we had a good setup there. It worked out pretty good. You know, he controlled. He knew what uh, to take, and then he called me, and it worked out pretty good. I do have a great story about the Palms, though. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it has to do with B.W.'s guys. One of his guys was in there. I was over. He, he would bet. Every move. I loved it. It was only like 500, but the idea was great, okay? It was volume, boom, 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 boom. Well, the only problem is he had everything in a uh, paper bag. Well, he had the tendency after work, he had it to the strip club. Well, the key was the girls got a hold of his bag of tickets and everything. So the next day... We're having all these girls coming down to the South Point. They're all over the place trying to cash these tickets. Now, we know where they're coming from. Now, we have to scramble all over, start, you know, locking up these tickets and everything like that. So after that, we had to go in, lock up all of my guys, all his guys' tickets. Oh, it was a disaster. Wow. I don't know if I should tell that story. No, that's okay. You're not giving any names away, but... So the guy, no. this wasn't the Palms, this was the South Point. Yes, but no, the tickets were all written to the Palms, but you could cash the tickets at oh, any that, property. That's Oh, okay, so you could cash them, that's right. So the, the, the girls were spread, not like cock, they were, they were spreading everywhere. Wow. Oh, we we sat there, and oh, I had to go over there, Michael sent me up to the Palms with Fred, and I, we sat there for, I was there for a whole day trying to lock up all these tickets. 
and, oh. and, and did he call you up and tell you lock up the tickets, or you just guys? No, I mean that was all. just once we knew Fred and them were talking back and forth that we knew we had a mess. It was like you know we had to get these tickets up. I think we he sent one of his guys and his brother-in-law or something, and we come in and I sat with those guys. And I knew. I mean, we're going to protect their guys' money, but I mean, I couldn't protect the ones that were already cash. So, <laughs> That's of but course. they did nail the ground. Oh, but yeah, I spent like a day and a half there, Spank. It was classic. That's unbelievable. That's a great story. Oh lord, that's great. So Bert, let's, so South Point, you, you know, you built it up and, and it became yeah. the thing that it is today. It's such a great property. Uh, Chris yes. does a great job. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm, he, yeah, he, yeah. It's, it's, it's still a monster. Um, so l- let's talk about retirement and um, and uh, you know what made you retire and, and 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 what led you to move it back to PA. You know what I. You would know that I had I had was um, diagnosed with bladder cancer in like um, uh, six uh, thirteen or four, thirteen maybe, and I went back. It was it just be I did okay, but it you know what I, I went a lot of different ways. I went bad ways with my personal life, good ways with my. I mean, I couldn't find a leveling ground, Spank. You know what I'm saying, and. My health kind of took over a little bit, but um, it got to a point. Yeah, I just I I, I got worn down. I just uh, it just the combination of everything. I mean, I could go in deeper, but let, let's save that for a, another time. So I just decided, you know what? My parents were getting older. I I talked to Jeff and guys like that, and you know what? I I, I put enough away, well, not after this disaster, but at the time, and um, I can't. I just thought, you know what? Enough's enough. Gotcha. How, and Michael's Michael's Michael supportive. Michael supportive of the of the of, of everything, and he did a lot of good things for me when I had cancer. I tell you what, he did it for Chris too. It's amazing. He's an amazing guy. I mean, I when I got diagnosed, he um. I was going to Corey Brown at the time, and I was in Corey's office, and I mean, I had no ideas, Frank. I mean, I went in to get a sonogram, and that thing lit up like the 4th of July when they were running across my stomach. I go to, I mean, I go to um, Corey's, he calls me in. I mean, so we call Michael, and he says, no, we're not sending Bert, send him to Cedar sinai tired urology. He sent me to these guys in L.A. My surgery was in Cedar sinai and wow. I, you know what? I didn't spend a penny for it. Wow. And you know what? They didn't take Cedar Sinai. And no, yeah, um, tire urology did not take insurance. I mean, he paid for everything. Oh man, you can't ask for anything more than that, Bert. That was just a and then moment. get this. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I know that's what I'm saying. And Spank, I had to go through a, a set of they called. Um, Red, uh, I can't even think of the name. It's it's chemo, but it doesn't. You don't have a port. They go through the urinary tract. I had to take that spanky. That was like death. Oh, it, it was. Then I went to. They have a thing called BCS BCG or something. They put tuberculosis up inside of your bladder too to flush it out. I mean, it was. But he paid for all those visits. I would go every Wednesday. Here's how I did this bank. I'd work Monday and Tuesday. Wednesday morning, I would leave Vegas. At 8 a.m., get to Southwest, okay? Get there at 9. Get off the plane, get a cab, 
go to Cedar Tyrology, have, have, the, have the, the chemicals put inside me, catch a cab back, go through the airport, catch a flight back. That was my Wednesday for like 10, 12 weeks, uh, probably eight hours, okay, 10 hours, 17 weeks. Wow. <laughs> it was, I mean, yeah, that was my day. I mean, I had locked down. I counted in eight steps. Get to the, get the McCare, take the flight, and then I would have a step. Yeah. So are, are you cancer-free today, Bert? Um, I had one instance a couple years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to have another checkup soon. I'm going to go in. I, I, I had a sonogram, not a, 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 what do they call them, a body scan, whatever. I, I can't think of the name of it. When they put the fluids in, and the IV and that, and everything was good. They, you know, the, I die, the dye in my body and that, everything was good. So I, I got to get a checkup. He had, I had a couple small things that he just wanted to go in and check, but it wasn't cancerous. It was just, uh, I had a lot of um, scar tissue that, um they had to go in a few times and uh, take it out, clean it out, because that that thing was huge, Spanky. I saw the picture of it. And I was, I don't know if people want to hear this or not. It looked like a big cauliflower. I swear to God, in my um, in my bladder. Now, I mean, I, I'm looking at this and I'm like, in stun- I'm stunned. I don't know what to even say. You know, I and that's why I say I've gone through that, and I know what Chris has gone through, and other guys. I mean, it's a, it's a terror. When you hear that word, cancer, it, 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 it's mine. It's like the not, you're invincible. You just, uh, you're, you're staggered. Well, I'm so happy to hear that everything, yeah. everything is good now. That, that, that's great. So you're back. So I came back here. Yeah. And I, I, I helped with my parents. I got to spend two great years with my dad. And then my dad had, um, he had a fall and, um, he didn't make it through the fall. He fell on some downstairs, and I mean, I, I got there. I couldn't get there quick enough. He was he was on the uh, stairmaster, and he was going. And I I don't know what happens, Frank. It was the weirdest thing ever. But you know what? You look back as you get older. He was eighty nine. I tell you what, if I could punch that ticket right now, I'd take it. We had gone about two months before that, and he had a colonoscopy, and there was a there was a mass, and. You know what? We went to the doctor. My sister, my brother, and the four of us went, and they basically said, "Hey, if you got the surgery, you only have a ten percent chance of living." Oh my so god! So does it? You know what? We all we all got that kind of religion in us. I mean, you, 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 do you say, "Yeah, you miss him," and does he? Sur- but does he go through all that pain and agony? Because you know, with cancer, it's going to come and eat him up. So you know what, I, I've kind of settled it with myself and the Lord above. That's the way I look at it. And you know what, it's actually, uh, it worked for me. That's great. And I just say, hey, I got I got lucky to spend two years. Now my mother, she's a different story. She's like, she'll live forever. She's got Parkinson's, she's an invalid, she's had broken hips, like three a broken hip three years ago, and I thought for sure that was the end of her. She's still scraping her feet across the floor with a walker. Of course, we have to hold her. I got caregivers here, twenty some hours a day, but uh, that's what I got to do, you know. But she's got it. She's sharp as a tack, so it, that's what makes it all worthwhile. God bless you, Bert. You're a good son, man. Yeah. That's that's, that's great Thanks. to hear. Thanks. I appreciate brother. it. Yeah.
<laughs> so in Pennsylvania now, what, what have you been up to with, with respect? Instead, you know, I know you're spending time with your parents, and then your yeah. dad passed, and your mom, you're still with with, with her, and yeah, uh, you take care of her. Construction business with <laughs> my ex brother-in-law. I don't know if I'm good or bad. I mean, I, I put too much money in it now to <laughs> to not bail out. Uh, but it's okay. It's uh, I think we'll eventually start. We bought some property on the Monongahela River, not for like boating or nothing, but we got a nice partial that uh, we can keep his trucks and that on that. So that put me a little back farther. But um, I, I think maybe in another year or two, maybe maybe ground out a small profit, you know, like an in, uh, income stream. I'm not looking to be, you know, make millions from it. But if I, you know, drag out enough money just to keep that going and uh I got two years ago. I really got serious. That's when the betting came to Pennsylvania. And it actually, Spanky, my luck turned around. I got this was like, uh, like you. You get certain six, ten outs. Um, I, I started making some money. I mean, you can still lose. We can have the best number. You and I both know that, but that uh, that don't guarantee we're going to have a winning weekend. So now you're betting. Now you're, so so this is great. So the bookmaker turned better. You 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 wind up now betting in these PA casinos. How are you being? Yes. How are you treated when, when uh, this thing? It started off. I joined the Rivers, and I joined um, Sugar House, which is now Philadelphia Rivers. Okay, and Parks. Now we're cruising along. It's good, you know. I remember I laughed. I was telling Jeff I had a. They had a good total on an exhibition game. It gave me like a dime or more. I, I don't know. I'm thinking, okay, this is good. So it gets into football season, our college football. Now, you know them first week, and you you know because you're probably moving this stuff around on me. <laughs> 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 well, that's another story. But, yeah, I'd go in, and I'd have all these numbers, and um, I, I would put in my five, seven hundred, you know, a thousand, and I would get waiting for we will give you 300 then it got to a point 38 68 70 i mean rivers just jacked me around the parks can be can because can was running outfit everything got sent i think it got down so they were giving me like eight dollars nfl on a i would try to wait day of game they'd only give me like three or four hundred on a NFL, unbelievable. College would it would be like a dollar eighty eight. I mean, I just got so frustrated, and the geo guard was a pain in the butt. But then what happened is, Foxbet came on, FanDuel came on, and then DraftKings. And I'll be truthful: of all the places, Fan Foxbet is one of the best places to give me a bet. Now, I'm not playing now. I drew a lot out because I just didn't want to go through all this. I put money in our guy's place. Anthony's up at Book, um, up at Bet America, which I know you play into, which is a good thing. But I was on the state line here, and uh, my geoguard was real bad. So I, I wasn't able to get down on the, uh, with them, which I'd have liked to. I mean, the numbers were good, but I just couldn't get a chance. They bounced me around. But I'd probably give him a chance if this doesn't take off of, you know, when I'm sitting here again. But uh, that's what it came down to. I, I, I really, I was really disappointed. I even called the GM at the, the Rivers 
because I knew him. I, I, you know, I, I offered, they offered me to help out down there, but they couldn't come up with the money I was looking for. But I told him I'd help them in any way. But, you know, at Canby runs everything from Malta or wherever it is. And uh, it just, um, they could run this so much better. I mean, I, I'm sorry. They're never going to get close to the Euro model. The Euro model will never touch the offshore Nevada model. They, I, they can do whatever they want. They're never going to do it. The only thing they have going for them is probably things like Spanky that we don't, the in-game and that, that you really couldn't. Because like in Vegas, you'd have to have a 30-team room to keep up with that. I mean, I think Ron and the same thing down there. I mean, I mean, Vegas does theirs off come on, off commercials, which is I, I can see that. That's okay, but you can't keep a complete in-game algorithm going. You you know this stuff way better than I do when it comes to that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a challenge. Uh, but they say it's the future, so you know that that, that in-game, a lot of people love that stuff. So let, let's talk about now. You moving on now? So so you're coming out of retirement, Bert? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had a I had a phone call last year in July. Michael Roberts called me actually. He goes, "Hey, some guy's calling. He you worked with him. He says he wants to get a hold of you." So you know, I said, "Okay, Mike, I, I, I'm home. I'm not doing. I'm just hanging out." He calls me. Um, his name's Eric Person. He he owns uh, Maverick Gaming. He asked me if I wanted to come back to work. I said. Uh, I said, I don't know. Is there a number that I, I, I'll give you? He said, well, let's talk on Monday. You talk it over and see a number to come up with. And um, he said, we'll go from there. So I called him back. I don't know if I talked. I talked to him on Monday. or I, I, I talked to him on Friday. Monday or Tuesday, I gave him a call. I go, okay, this is what I want. He said, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> <It's> that simple. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah, so I flew out. We talked. We jogged. In fact, we, I got out and we talked about something. He says, "Why don't we do this? Take a little less, but I'll give you a hundred hundred percent bonus structure." Oh. I said, "Okay." I, I never had a bonus structure, so uh, if I did, I might have been out of the business twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. At least ten years ago. So that's perfect. We never had a bonus structure at my but with the coast. So now, when did you start, or what's what's the no, next step? He calls step? me right, like December. He gives me a call. He says, okay, we're ready to do it. So we back and forth. Um, I went out after the first of the year to Vegas. Uh-huh, they were over. They were in Macau or something. And um, he came back, so I hung out the golf. I hung out. I stayed at the – actually, I stayed at the Orleans for a few days, and then uh, some guys got me some rooms down at the South Point for a few days. So I uh, got – Sat down with I, on Friday night. I sat down with Eric and we talked. And he said, "This is what we're going to do." And then his COO come the next day was Justin, he, and he goes, um, "We got talking." And I, I got hooked up to him because we had, we're going to buy the systems and that. So I was back and forth. I was at Vegas like twice in January, you know, Vegas once, and then Colorado, and then Vegas. So I've been to Colorado twice. So I was in Colorado, and we we're trying to put the system together. And I. And then this all crashed on us. We were getting ready to buy the system to put into Colorado. And it just collapsed on me. And, you know, these guys got their hotels and that. They're young guys. Just, they probably got hit with this. And it's got to be a shocker for these guys. 
But you know where he was? He was he was like he was an internship at the Gold Coast one summer. So he hung out with us for a couple of weeks in a sports book. And that's back when I told you we were taking on the Asians. So he was seeing that money come through the window like crazy. So he, I, I, for some reason, that stuck with him. So it was like, yeah, he was, I was my, I was his go-to guy. It's amazing how, how life just turns and, you know, you yeah. never know what bridge uh, is going to develop later on in life. That's why that's you don't burn too many, right? No, exactly. I, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. So that's great. So, so you know, hopefully by football, we don't know, but hopefully by football, you'll be ready to rock. Are you going to be yeah, moving out? Yeah, you know out? what? Are you going to be moving? Have, um, they bought those properties up in Wendover. They got Wendover, the properties up in Wendover, um, Ely, and they just bought the Montan Blue. Now, I don't know what that's up in Lake Tahoe. But what I'm saying is, if Colorado, which, you know, Spank, it's going to be a tough lift for us to get in Colorado. I'm going to have to do things like I did at the South Point and the Coast, you know, throw out some juicy stuff, you know, maybe do a 108 for the NBA playoffs, you know, do some things that DraftKings and them are never going to be able to do because we're not going to be out, we're not going to outmarket the DraftKings and FanDuel. I know that. Yes. With Circus is going to be in there too, but we will with our volume that we will have with square play in Nevada should help me with my Colorado properties so I can do things. And that's what I think I was talking to you at the beginning when I will probably take larger bets, but I want to get in there, get a feel what my base business is going to be. You know what? If it's like I can see in my mind, see what it's going to be with that nice seven, eight percent hold up north, then I could add stuff on and get that two percent out of the phones and it's still not hurt that uh through the window business up north and in colorado beautiful man this sounds very exciting it's great to see uh you know a bookmaker of your stature uh uh bert to be able to expand uh domestically here um you know, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing um, you Oh, the, you, I know I have you as a, business, a guy, eventually, when you're in and out. But, uh, yeah, one thing, you know, with all this transition and all this um, changeover in Vegas, you know, a guy I, I'm looking, and he's uh, I've talked to him on a regular basis, Tony Diamasso. He wants to come with me. Gotcha. So, yeah, yeah. Th- there's that's a, a solid guy to have in your, on your team. Oh, I'm I bringing bet. one of the old-timers with me back. You know what? Put those guys in. They know what they're doing. They're not. You know what? They're bookmakers, not odds makers. Yes. And that's what I want. Absolutely. Everybody, all these odds makers. Uh, I need bookmakers. Very big difference between a bookmaker and an odds maker. Absolutely. Me too. I, I I agree. I'm a hundred percent there. So Bert, before we close here, um, you know, the name of the podcast: Be Better Betters. Um, mm-hmm. Any advice you can give, given now that you've been on both sides of the counter, you've been doing this for so long, what advice can you bring to the, can you give a beginning sports better or an up-and-coming sports better on how to get better? Well, I go by your theory, actually, Spanky. You've got to have at least 10 outs. Don't, uh, don't even consider yourself a great guy, a great player. Unless you got the outs, you need stale numbers. You need get ahead numbers. I mean, because there's stuff like 
information guys I can get in on the regular stuff. But then you get cell numbers. You can always come back to that outfit, those outfits, and get your plays in too. So you always got that on the side. You almost got to take three steps. Offshore is never going away. I don't know why some of these people think that offshore. And if they, these people in these states really think they're going to get bounce these people out, I'll give you one example, and you know what the example is. Okay, you don't have to pay till the next week. Okay, offshore and locals, right? That's one. Stale numbers, two, but offshore, not. But you know what? You might be looking for the dog in certain situations. You can come in and take that number back if you need to. And they, these guys give 10% back. How are these places ever going to get 10% back? So they're never going to get rid of it. So I wish they would just say, hey, that's a part of business. That bootleg's always going to be there. Get your customers like I did with the South Point and Cosinet. Do yourself right and bring these people in and give them a fair bet. Don't try to stick them. Don't give them these minus 14s, minus 14s like we both, you and I know about. I mean, come on. Give them a 10. Throw them, you know, give them an 8 cent line once in a while. Give them a 5 cent line maybe around the Super Bowl if you want to, certain. You got, you got to give back, and that's where I believe giving back to that player. I want to get back like we talked about the prop players. I want to get back to the guys that are coming in every day, getting off ship, coming in, putting their $22 or 16 parlays or something like that. That's the guys I want to get the break to. Very well said, Bert. Very well said. I couldn't agree more. Well, listen, Bert, thank you so much. It's such an honor to have you on a podcast. Thank you for sharing all your stories and your career and getting into your personal life. We haven't life. hit the iceberg on it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I try. I try to limit these things to about an hour, and you know what I mean. With the, believe me, I know we could, you you could go for probably three, four, five days, not hours. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know what I mean. Maybe we'll you know. Uh, well, I'll try to. No, maybe it's do good. Like I said, maybe once we get the Maverick up and running, I get some you know months under my belt we can go back and you know absolutely we can touch base after the first year or something and see i, I can fill you in on that part of it i would love but to yeah, talk about no, that, that hey, sounds it was great, great. I, I enjoyed this you actually pulled a lot of stuff out of me it was good i, uh, I enjoyed that thank you I so much it. bert it's, it's such a pleasure the pleasure was all mine thank you so much bert i appreciate it and we'll talk again soon okay Spank. thank you that was a lot of fun bert's such a nice guy it was such a pleasure speaking with him I wish nothing but the best for him and Maverick Gaming, and it's good to see somebody coming from within the states opening up a new shop. I'm excited uh, for them, and um, I'm looking forward to see what's next. Thanks so much for the time. Until next time.